Welcome to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast where we discuss and review the classic and not-so-classic games of the 8- and 16-bit era. I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. And this week's game is Kid Icarus. Kid Icarus was released in December of 1986 in Japan under the name Light Myth, Palatina's Mirror. Okay. I say it every week, but Japan always gets those wonderful, wonderful subtitles. Well, I mean, their language is constructed so that, you know what I mean? Like, since uh, they can fit more into one character, like, in a game, you know? That's true. So they don't, the titles on the box would not be, you know... Five lines long, <laughs> pretty short still with that title. Now, uh, it was released here in the United States in 1987. Don't have an exact month. But the most important thing of this is that it was developed uh, by Nintendo's R&D One. Yes, yes. The, uh, the guys that brought us uh, Metroid as well. And... Yeah, uh, and the Game Boy. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. I would say more importantly. Uh, and, of course, this Arguably. game was produced by Gunpei Yokoi, is the uh, father of the Game Boy as well. It lost it, like the D-pad, the, all kinds of things that he engineered, you know. This guy is responsible for many of the aesthetic uh, properties of your favorite Nintendo products. He's up there with, uh, you know, Miyamoto and on the Nintendo Mount Rushmore. <laughs> now, this was released on the disk system in Japan, and I think that's why we have the password system for it. So it had a save for... Uh, I'm guessing it would. Um, as all the games on the Famicom Disk System did. Yeah, I, well, it's not, I don't know. I don't mind passwords that much, but... Uh, this is not that bad of a password. Well, I'm sorry. These aren't that bad of sacred words. <laughs> yes. I'm getting ahead of myself, though, so let's jump right into the play style of this game. Well, Kid Icarus is, uh, yet again, a 2D uh, side-scrolling platform. Uh, well, I'd say there's a little caveat there. side and vertical scrolling That's, platform. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot more than... Uh, I mean, a lot of other games have some vertical elements, but this game's about half and half, it seems. It also shares some things in common with the original Mario Brothers, as you can wrap around some of the levels. It's kind of a weird twist, but uh, I like it. Uh, Indeed, it adds some puzzle elements to what would be pretty standard vertical parts of the levels. Now, there are also uh, light role-playing elements in this game. Sure. You level up, you uh, get better weapons and you can get items that aid you on your quest there's actually a pretty pretty good big inventory it's one of the things that originally attracted me to it i'm always a sucker for games with lots of uh, special items or you know things you can use so agreed now i'm sorry i've been burying the lead you play as pit who has an angel maybe uh yeah he's a yeah uh, well you are in angel land it's angel land story so indeed and the uh point of this game is to I don't find and fight Medusa. Yeah, there was a weird. She uh, has uh, taken over Angel Land, and you know you you're cast down to the underworld, and so that's why you know the first level is going up as you fight your way out of the underworld, and then you kind of go across the what I guess is the overworld, and then there's another vertical stage up to the sky world where it returns to uh, you know side scrolling uh, action. So it's, you know I kind of like the way that works into it story wise. Definitely, the uh, level design does fit that quite well. We'll get to that in a moment, but first let's talk about 
your main weapon, which is a bow and arrow. Yeah, it's uh, it's a pretty short range at first. Uh, it's... It is, but you do have unlimited arrows. There is no ammo for your bow. That's nice, but it has a weird rhythm to it too. You know, like uh, you have it... what three at a time? And yeah, and there's a little bit of I swear, there's a little bit of a, a lag, kind of like a delay when you know, like in the same way you know how you jump and land and you get a little bit of a yeah slide almost, or you know, it'll kind of move forward a few steps after a jump. Now so... there are are three magic items that you can get in the game and you get these from well because okay here we got to get because there's so many uh there's the sacred treasures which are the three big items that you can't use till the end then there's the magic weapons and then there's items like correct so i'm i'm sorry i was referring to one of the three magic weapons okay right with the the fireball the the flaming arrow the Mm -hmm. holy bow and the guard crystal now you have your choice yeah, you uh, can pick them up in any way. Eventually, you'll get them all. And you get these by... When you uh, beat the rooms with the monoliths, where you... Uh, you know, it's like the test... Uh, right. Test your might, kind of, <laughs> for lack of a better word. Uh, Pretty much. And if you do complete that challenge, the man in the room will give you your choice of one of these three items. Now, I would say grab that guard crystal first. It's the best one. It uh, is. It has um, two orbs rotate around your guy, and they'll hit anything that runs into them, or they're really useful for things coming from the the top, falling enemies or. Very true. It's a it's a very v- more versatile than the you know I took the I got the bow first, which extends the, your range. The holy bow. Whole, yes, the holy bow, and uh, it then so, you can shoot full screen. But you still only have it's actually I my notes say two arrows at a time. Right, and that doesn't seem that apparent when your range is so short, but when you get the big you know the full range bow, that's when you really can kind of feel it and. I, I after playing through the crystal is the best one, so you should get that first. Like <laughs> yeah, it allows you to gain more hearts uh, in the areas with falling enemies than I think you normally would. And then the final magic item is the flaming arrow, and that is a flaming orbs circle your arrow instead of you, and they follow that arrow for its full trajectory, whether you have the short or the long trajectory for that arrow. It's it's a nice little, you know, it widens the area of effect kind of. You can, you know, you can cover more area with each arrow, so. Yeah, it, and it does more damage because uh, each of those fireballs hits a thing. So you can really tear through some bad guys with that one. Now, one other thing to note is that these three magic weapons only activate once you have three health bars. And they don't work in the, uh, every fourth level is a dungeon thing, so they don't function in there as well, because, which is a real big tease, because you first get the first choice in, like, 1-3, I think, and you don't even get to use it. Now, and this might be a little confusing, uh, listeners, we're going to be jumping around a little bit, and that's not because we don't have a structure to the show, <laughs> it's that the many aspects of Kid Icarus uh, all are very interdependent upon each other, and also are very poorly explained by the game itself. So I mentioned that you have to have three health bars before those will activate. To get that health bar larger, you have to level up. Yeah, and you do that by, you know, there's certain uh, score thresholds you have to cross at uh, 20,000, 50,000, 100,000, and 200,000. And then at the end of the level, that's when you will get the level up. But leveling up does not fill your health up. No, no. <laughs> but you can, you know, to be fair, it's like you start a new level and you, you can just die and start over with full health. You'll get your sacred words and stuff and just you can continue from right there. So that's true. Now, I did find that if you kill almost every enemy and collect their hearts in stage one, one and one, two, at the end of it, you will gain a level. Yeah. And 
I personally, um, because when I was playing through, I really, I, I didn't really mess with it much, uh, trying to power up in the first two levels. So when I got to one three, I was, it really took me a long time. It was one of the most frustrating things. Like <laughs> it really brought back Nintendo Rage memories. So, and I realized later where I was like, it's because I didn't get a life increase after one two and. So yeah, to make sure, there's a couple of spots like the mono eyes, the red uh, flying uh, squidish thing. I don't know. They uh, There's a couple of spots where uh, you can farm them pretty easily. You can get like, I think they'll appear four times, four little waves of four. And they're worth more points than, you can also farm reapers, the little reapettes that they they summon and send after you. Oh, okay. There's a couple of spots in one, two that I, I developed personally because I was like, uh, I'm making sure I get this because it's it's very important, so... So we alluded to it earlier, but when you kill enemies in this game, they either drop a small heart, a half heart, or a big heart. And yeah. those are like a currency in the game. Yeah, it's similar to like other Castlevania kind of... I mean, they're not really... I guess not Castlevania because that's more ammo, but... Uh, now, do you also get points for picking up the hearts? Uh, well, no, you get score for killing the enemy, but the heart, I don't think, gives you points. So um, that's another reason I, I went... I used to do the, you know, farm those reapets and uh, the one two but i started going for the mono eye because it's uh they're just worth more points you don't have to do it as much i see you can also increase your strength by the which is a weird this is very uh it's kind of a hidden stat like the game doesn't really talk about it but you know where you'll get in certain rooms you know uh, an old man will give you you know here take this and it's a different color arrow and then you know it'll change your color as well and that's an increase in your arrow power yes and uh but to trigger that guy to appear, you have to uh, increase this uh, hidden stat, which is uh, you have to get like 10,000 uh, invisible points. You have no idea. You get these from, you know, killing enemies and getting hearts and stuff. And for right. the most part, you'll run into three of them just naturally and get them. Like the, the, you have to, in order to get the best ending and max your arrows out the first playthrough, there's a, like you have to, there's a really tricky level where it involves some finagling that I didn't really do. So yeah. And uh, the first time I played through this here, I did not get the power-up for, I don't know, two, three levels. It was quite a while. Oh, okay. And then the second time I played through it, I got it at the first available spot, I think. Yeah, you can get the... There's a, a power-up spot at the very beginning of the game that if you're just playing it for through, through the first time, uh, it's just an empty room, and you might be like, what that, what's this crap? And in fact, if you're not eligible for the power-up... Uh, then the room will be empty. Every room will be empty that could house this gentleman that gives you the power. <laughs> what a fine guy. Yeah. <laughs> he is. Uh, that room you spoke of, though, the first time I played through it and beat the game and did the start start over, uh -huh. I did. Is that when you got the final? I forgot the final one there yeah. in that room. So it does pay off eventually, possibly. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, if you, uh, it's it's tough to get all of them beyond that one. So. Yeah. Well, if we're going to be talking about those special rooms we should probably talk about all of them and uh as you go through the levels you'll find doorways doors in these doors there are a variety of uh rooms you can go into yeah they're all uh what was it, five different rooms well let's let's uh, count yeah. them out as we go let's uh, do it there are stores and black markets and those are very similar for the most part and there's uh they both have slightly different selections of items you can get but i mean usually it's like medicines you get feathers barrels now, these are items that go in your inventory, and they're almost all pretty much automatically used. Correct. The potions, like, you know, similar to later in uh, the fairies in uh, Link to the Vast. Or, yeah. you know, just when your life depletes, it automatically fills you up. And the feather is there for if you fall into a pit, it'll 
save you that one time. And it's weird to control. I could never quite, I think you have to flap your, you know, by pressing A to, you know. Yeah, I don't rely on that one bit. No, it's it's kind of tough. It's saved my life, but I always just land the, as soon as I can and just wait out the effect because I don't know how to <laughs> handle it. Indeed. Now, you'll find that all of those items in the black market are much more expensive. A lot of the items are pretty expensive anyways, but you can haggle with the, the not with the black market, but with the normal uh, shopkeeper. If I, I wish could. I would have known that. <laughs> yeah, on the... If you have two controllers plugged in and you hit a, is a and B on the second controller, then he'll... Yep. I don't know because I didn't do it and I just paid I top either. price. Yeah. Well, the trick is, though, is that you have to have a certain each, uh, like your invisible strength stat or your, you know, I guess it's not invisible, but, you know, whatever. It's tied to your um, your arrow strength stat. And if it's not high enough, depending if it has to, I think it has to be as high as the level that it, you're in. Okay. And then he'll he'll decrease the price, but otherwise he'll increase it. So Oh, that's rough. Yeah. Which, I mean, <laughs> they're already pretty uh, exorbitant as it is so now in the black market you can also purchase a barrel which will allow you to hold multiple potions of healing which are important like (laughs) yeah you really want to get that barrel as soon as you can even though it's very expensive because if you manage to find other healing potions you're just wasting them if you don't have it and you already have one healing potion correct You, you want as many as you can get and then there is another interesting item that you can find in i think the treasure rooms Called a credit card. Yeah, you can get a credit card. That blew my mind when I was a kid. I was like, that's awesome. Like, I don't know why. but And the credit card allows you to purchase things you can't afford from the black market. And then whatever the difference was, you will not gain hearts until that number is fulfilled. Yeah, there's even like, uh, you know, this game has a lot of weird passwords. And one of them is like danger, terror, horror, I think, and a bunch of exclamation points. And it's I think it's just normal, but it starts you off like 9,000 hearts in the hole. Or, or maybe it's just 900, but... Huh. It's a weird... (laughs) So I guess if we're talking about the credit card, we should discuss the treasure rooms. Uh, Yes, with the God of Poverty. Oh, that's what that is. Uh, Well, yeah, according to the book. it's. uh, But it just looks like another Grim Raper, which you're finding a lot of anyways, so... You enter the treasure room, and you're given the many choices of pots to destroy. Uh, They can hold mallets or... There's hearts. hearts. Um, No, it's just really mallets and hearts. Until... The yeah. very last one, and then it's a special item. That's where you can get like feather barrels, right? I've never, mm-hmm. I don't think, I think I completed one by pure chance and got a feather. So, yeah, well, there is a, apparently a, a pattern, not unlike in Mario 3, if you can memorize the different shops, yeah, you can matching, memorize the yeah. different the different treasure rooms. Yeah, and there's several different, like, uh, basically by, you know, f- half of them are safe ones where the God of Poverty never will be. So by hit, uh, hitting those first and then uh, seeing how many mallets that you have, you can kind of tell which where the location of the actual guy will be. So you know you go there last. So if you hit him before last, that's done, the room's over. Yeah, and it should be said, you lose, like, what, is it 10, 20 hearts yeah, whenever c- you uh, hit a... Uh, one of these open one of the treasure bags yeah it cost hearts to break it open yeah i was never lucky enough to get that credit card until way later in the game in which point it was not very useful at all (laughs) if you could get it before that first black market though man that would be amazing I'm sure there's, uh, you know, there's plenty of good techniques to, uh, you know, to, to get off to a really early start but the first levels are so tough anyways that it's like i just want to get past them Yeah. Now, we also mentioned the training challenges, and those are the rooms where tiles are thrown at you nonstop, and if you survive, you do get to power up, level up. 
Yeah, I always just jumped on the the top of the door. That's it's not necessarily a safe spot, but you'll only encounter like a third or a quarter of the actual monolith. Like that's you're only in their way, and you can just stand up there and shoot them until. Well, I found that being on the right right on the one third mark, if you start at the left side of the screen. Okay. Right in that zone was very similar. If I faced upward and shot barely anything would come at me and I would just have to run to the right a tiny bit to dodge every right. once well, in a while. Well, they also kind of a similar pattern to those speck noses you fight in those like just rooms full of enemies. Those are considered <laughs> nests. So let's talk about them okay. next. So you find these other rooms that are uh, just nests of creatures. Well, just one creature. I guess they're called speck noses. Yeah, they're because they're like a big nose with eyes. I think that's what they were going for. With yeah, the they like, they do uh, kind of look like those cheesy uh, glasses disguises. Exactly, exactly. And you enter the room, and then they just spawn like a whole bunch of them spawn and fly around in loops. And they all well, it's like they have like three or four different patterns, and it, although the number of each enemy that will follow each pattern, you know, in the room changes every time, so it's not always exactly the same. But you can get a feel for where to, you know, I'm going to stand here, and the ones that are coming at me from the left, I can kill those, and now I have a, a safe spot. So at least that was my tactics. I don't know. Uh, I found that if you just start spamming your shoot button and run across the room on the bottom. You'll pretty much always take out the ones that are coming towards you. Mm-hmm. And then that bottom left area is pretty much always a good safe spot to catch them on their rotations. Yeah, the bottom corners are kind of my, my hangouts early on until you get, you know, to get the, the tricky ones out of the way. So and there's only one other type of room left, and that is the spring. Yeah, the healing spring. Unfortunately, not as many as I'd like. No. <laughs> now, that's a thing that I did not realize until I was older. That the reason that you always heal in springs and this and so many other games is because that's a Japanese thing. Yeah. You know, the Japanese uh, would go to... Bathhouse kind of. Yeah, or, you know, healing springs, hot springs in the mountains. Uh, Those are traditional places for healing in Japan. As a kid, I never got it. Well, yeah, you go into the spring and it's kind of got this yellowish water and you just Don't think about it. Yeah, that's, you know... (laughs) <laughs> leave that stone unturned but you just hop in there and then your life will slowly uh, increase as it you know it takes away and you can get back up to full health at any of the springs you know the water that you the way it like f- fills up your life it always reminds me of metroid's you know poison water or whatever uh, you know but reverse because it oh <laughs> yeah i can definitely see that it, it, it has a similar appearance so nick what was your personal history with this game well, um, I played it, uh, you know, I never owned it as a, as a young child. I played it, uh, you know, a couple times, and it was very off-put by the, early, you know, the first levels are real hard, so. Was it a rental? Yes, yes. Ooh, rough. I didn't know anybody who owned this game, so, uh, you know, I I did manage, to, I beat it by cheating. There's many easy passwords uh, that were available <laughs> to just take you straight to the last level, so I had seen the ending, but I didn't actually play through the, the whole game until recently, so. Well, personally, I uh, did not play it very much as a kid. Uh, neighbor, Danny, mm-hmm. had it, and um, it was so hard that I did not want to borrow it. And after playing it a few times, I, I had had enough. <laughs> I, I mean, it's one of those games that I always wanted to like more than I did as a kid because, again, it's those first couple levels, but we'll, we'll get there. But Now, Nick, do you have any um, instruction manual love for us this week? I sure do. Well, then. So this is uh, actually, uh, for being an earlier uh, NES game, uh, it's, a, it's a pretty awesome instruction book. It's uh, full color. You have an illustrated, uh, you know, color story with lots of, uh, you know, 
drawn artwork and in-game color photos. So wow, yeah, it's uh, you know compared to other games of its uh, vintage, it's you know have you have a lot a big uh, enemy section, so you get uh, illustrated uh, pictures of all the enemies, which you know I think in especially uh, older NES games like that is a bit you, rare. <laughs> well, and identifying the sprites where you're like, I hey. oh yeah. Now does it name them as well? Yeah, it names. Uh, you get names for all the enemies. Oh, um, I love that. And there's some like. Uh, later on in the game, you fight these, uh, which are Metroids, uh, but they call them Kamitos uh, in this uh, instruction book. And, Interesting. And it even has little uh, blurbs about them uh, and uh, the Metroid, quote-unquote Metroid. It says, no one knows where it came from, but one theory is that it came from a planet other than Earth. Ooh. So. Now, I was always a fan of the drawings of enemies and characters in those uh, instruction manuals. Because it gave me a better reference of something to draw in school <laughs> yeah. than the sprite itself. As well as, you know, the, the graphics aren't quite that great at this point, uh, you know, in video game history or development. So, you know, they're kind of symbolic in a way. So this kind of helps you put some stuff uh, to it. Such as uh, my favorite picture, which is the siren, which you fight in the end, uh, even though it's last level a harpy, not a siren. No, but, uh, it's, it's got wings and... But All you that. get uh, full frontal blue boobies in there. I don't know how that got in there. They're very cartoony, but they're there. So I think it's worth the checkout, guys, if you know what I mean. And gals, we are equal opportunity here oh, yeah, yeah. at the command center. Yeah, whatever. As long as you're into bird wings and... Cl- well, okay, we won't get into that. Uh, <laughs> but I did think it was interesting that the... Uh, princess's name or in this is palutina and i wanted to check that out because i was you know i I didn't recognize that from greek mythology and is it real no it's i I guess it's a um it is a clumsy portmanteau of uh palace athena which is the greek and roman name of the same uh you know chick so it's oh yeah it's just palutina now but uh and I'm yeah. guessing that was done on the Japanese side of things, since the name Palutina is in its subtitle. Yeah, so clearly they were up to some shenanigans. But They love their portmanteaus. <laughs> yeah. Anything else exciting in that instruction book? Uh, yeah, that's about it. It's, like I said, it's, it, it's a pretty gorgeous uh, instruction book, so it's worth checking out for free online. So I definitely will. What is your more recent experience with Kid Icarus? My recent experience was a hard-fought battle that uh, took me, I spent about three-quarters of the time battling my way through the first world. I I was like, maybe I'm not going to get there (laughs) in time, but once you get past 1-4, the game is, uh, it's not easy, but compared to the first world, it is. So it feels, you can just beat it in one sitting. That's what I did. Now, how many times did you play this game? Uh, Four times, so. Okay. Now, in my notes, under recent experience, it starts with, Nick lied to me. (laughs) Uh, You said that this game was not that hard after the first level or second level, and you lied. It is. Well, I didn't. I remember it being very difficult at the beginning, and then that's what uh, everyone had always, you know, you just got to push through and get there. But it really doesn't. It doesn't give up the first levels one one through one four like boot camp. (laughs) Indeed. Now I played this game six to seven times in two marathon sessions that uh, were a couple hours long, and I did. I did manage to beat the game, but it was not easy, but more fun than I thought it would be. After not having fun in the beginning. <laughs> Hopefully that'll make sense by the end of this podcast. It just, man, they, they really hit you with, uh, you know, you start off, the, all the levels are vertical, so you have well, falling deaths. Well, let's get into the breakdown of this game then, Nick. 
as you said, there are many ways to die in this game. <laughs> yeah, you uh, you have falling deaths, which are a big problem in the vertical levels, which are the first uh, three levels. So right away you have to deal with that, and you don't handle as well as you want to. Your jump has a bit of a, you know, you're not controlling it as well as you would in like Mario or no, Contra. not at all. So, uh, and whenever you look up, that's all you're doing. So if you look up, you are no longer moving left or right. Which is kind of nice. In the ice platforms, they make you deal with right away. Which <laughs> now That is a bonus. If you're sliding around on the ice, which you totally will, this has some of the slidiest ice there is, you press up and then it does stop you. Well, and like we kind of mentioned earlier, you know, you have a bit of spring after, you know, you land from a jump, you'll keep walking a little bit. So the ice exacerbates that, which makes it even worse. Like, Well, yeah, there is a special weirdness that if you jump onto ice and then jump again immediately you have this insane amount of momentum that just shoots you off i it took me by surprise at first uh, so much so that i like laughed out loud at how ridiculous the situation it was. really slings you across the, the screen so it's best to either hold up when you're landing on ice or or just avoid it all together if you can which you know which most of the times you can't yeah <laughs> so as you said the game begins in the underworld Yes. And you have to work your way up out of that underworld. So world one is all pretty much vertical. Correct. And that has how many stages in it? There's three stages, and then there's always like the dungeon area. Right. Now, personally, I found that the first two stages mm -hmm. were horribly hard. <laughs> and you really just have to beat your head against the wall until you get through them. It's uh, and you have to really learn master how to defeat each like encounter like you know when you first see the the reapers like oh man this sucks until you f you really just have to keep trying until you figure out like okay you know yeah in these first two levels you're advancing the screen as slowly as possible <laughs> you do not want to trigger any more enemies than you have to and that's another thing about this game is the way you spawn enemies is a bit unusual compared to most uh, games. As you scroll the screen upwards by jumping and stuff, it's, uh, you know, the enemies will start to appear from the top, usually, at least the mono eyes. It's like there's a point from where they spawn, but that point can float upwards a certain amount of distance. Yeah, and so there are certain parts where you really don't want to, even though enemies are spawning, it's like you want to, like, especially those damn little snakes that are constantly, constantly uh, emerging, like falling down. So in this game, you will fight about 10,000 snakes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not just snakes, snakes with little wings on them that are never used. Yeah, they just kind of uh, drop down and start moving left or right, depending on which side you're on, and... And so when you trigger their spawning, they will spawn from one spot and fall. And if you stay there, they will always fall from that spot. It's almost always the center of the screen or towards the center, yeah. right? But if you go vertically more, then the spot they spawn will also go vertically a yeah. certain amount of distance, but then not. Well, it's like they'll keep dropping, but if you can, uh, you know, if you're moving upwards, you can sometimes get like a platform underneath, so it'll buy you some time. Like they'll hit that and start moving left and right, or. And once you've killed a wave, another wave will come. And for most of these enemies, I think there's at least three waves. It, it will stop spawn. I don't know about the snakes, but like the mono eyes and oh, other they... ones will stop. You know, you'll get four waves and they'll stop. And same with the snakes, they will stop. Oh, well, and they also won't spawn if you don't get all the hearts. So. You can leave a heart on screen if you just want to try and skip past it, but I believe once it is off screen, they'll start up again anyway. Yeah. So. No, I know they do because I really spend a lot of time trying to kill every single thing oh, on my all. way up. <laughs> because 
if you can get that level up after stage two, one, two, then things become a little bit more manageable. Yeah, it's, it's, I wouldn't say a lot. No, then I feel like you've achieved kind of a fairness parity with the game in a way once you get that extra b- block of life. so Yes, you get the block of life, and hopefully by that time you've also gotten uh, this stronger arrow. Yeah, you can get that as well without, you know, like like I said, I do some uh, precautionary farming of uh, some enemies in 1-2, but just to make sure I get the life because I... I I did not, and it really drove me nuts in 1-3. Uh, that was almost a whole night I spent trying to, you know, almost getting there, and then, you know, getting frustrated, and then finally I thought about it and got it right. So I just can't stress it enough, guys. You really got to work your butt off and kill as many <laughs> enemies as you can before you get to 3. That's all we're asking. <laughs> I mean, hey, if you can if you can get through 1-3 one, one without an extra block of life, you know, more power to you, bro, but uh, no, I'm not doing that. That's crazy. No, but once you get through World 3 then you might be just as surprised as I was to find yourself in an actual dungeon. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like Zelda, but if it was side-scrolling. Like, you can move to, you know, each screen is one, uh, is like a square screen with... You, it's you like one ladders. room. Yeah, like one room. and So you have now abandoned the side-scrolling adventure, and now it's more of a room-by-room puzzle. Yeah, and you get you you do have a map on your uh, subscreen, which is useless until you buy the you know there's a pencil, uh, a torch, and you can find a map. I never did any of those things. I in the first one I did because they were just right there at the shop. You can buy. I didn't because I cheated and used maps on the internet. <laughs> I pretended like I was using a, an old Nintendo Power or maybe the Pack Source. Yeah, it's it's not yeah it's not that uh, the first one's not too bad, but some of the later ones can get pretty confusing. Now, one of the things you do in these dungeons is use mallets that you have found or purchased throughout the levels Mm -hmm. to free little men that have been turned to stone. Yeah, these like soldier angel men. They help you at bosses and that's it. And they're not... Help is in air quotes, by the way. (laughs) Well, you know, you get a lot of mallets on your way to the first one. You know, you see several of the, you know, harps will turn any enemy on screen for maybe 10 seconds into mallets you can collect. So you can get quite a few on the way up there. But then after the first level, the game pretty much stops giving you harps. So you only get them from buying them in stores and stuff. And there's almost always something better to buy. So indeed, <laughs> like the, the, these guys don't do a whole lot in the, in the battle against the first boss, you know, when we get there. But, you know, the later ones where I was like, I could actually use some of those guys, but good luck finding them. Like you can get maybe one or two, whereas you're going into the first level with like 20. So... Now, if you were lucky enough to have gotten any of the super weapons before you got to this uh, dungeon or castle or whatever it is, you were going to be very disappointed. You're not getting to use it, no. <laughs> yeah, for some reason, those are all held back when you're inside these rooms, these dungeons. I mean, they're, they're, I don't know why. Like, It's not like the dungeons would be super easy with them. You know, they, I mean, they would definitely be easier, but I don't, like, they're like, we can't go easy on these, you know, we have it to does add burn a- it. Little more challenge, but luckily the dungeon isn't too hard. So there are a couple other types of rooms you'll find in these dungeons. There is another spring to heal yourself. Yeah, I think there's one in every dungeon, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then there are also hospitals. Now the hospitals are empty until you have faced off with the eggplant wizard. Those bastards. For those of you who are our age, children of the 80s and early 90s, you probably spent many a Saturday afternoon watching Captain N, the Game Master. I sure did. 
even though it sucks. <laughs> it did. There were so many things about that show I did not like, but I watched it religiously anyways because, God damn it, it had Nintendo in it. <laughs> it was You had to do your duty. I even watched the Game Boy episodes. Oh, yeah. I Man, I watched them all. Uh, now, that show did feature uh, Kid Icarus as a mm-hmm. punk kid that ended everything with the that Icus. word Icarus. Yeah. <laughs> or Icus. Yeah, it's uh, really lame. He would say things like, Hey, a kiss. What a kiss is going on, a kiss? Yeah, I wish. Uh, well, all the, okay, we we can go down that rabbit hole of how sucky almost everyone was in that that cartoon. But I think that cartoon was is a topic for another show. <laughs> but but it also yes. featured as an enemy the eggplant wizard. Yeah, and I always wondered why. Indeed, in fact, he got so much play in that show. You must have thought that he was a boss or mini boss in this game. Nope, not at all. Just a guy, just a random enemy in a room. But he's the, the biggest bastard ever, so... And so that's probably why, because it is the worst enemy in the game. They just shoot or chuck these uh, eggplants at you. They are themselves an eggplant in a cape, and they throw eggplants at you that They also have a, a wand. Yeah, yeah, a, a, an eggplant wand, and then uh, if they, they hit you with an eggplant, you yourself have become an eggplant. Oh, is that... I always thought it was just an eggplant stuck over your body. Oh, well, I guess... Okay, I mean, it could be either way. I, I assume they were magically, since they were wizards. Uh, yeah, yeah. But uh. Either way, you have legs and an eggplant for a body, so therefore you cannot do any attacking. No, you can only run and jump. So so you have to find your way back to the hospital, which will now have a nurse in it, and she will heal you of your eggplant uh, deformity for free. Which is very kind because, uh, you know... Because you have to. There is no other option. <laughs> yeah. So you, that being said, the, the eggplant wizards, you really want to rush them. That's the only real strategy I have because they have these kind of generous arcs to their eggplants. And once you can get under them and just unload with your bow and try to just, even if they run into you, it's better than being turned into an eggplant. They won't do a whole lot of damage uh, if you run into them. So like we said, you just have to get right up on them and then fire away. It's really your only, only help. And, and especially in the uh, first dungeon in level one four, like there was one of these, one of the, mm, they really get you because they, there's a, a ladder in the ceiling and I'm like, oh, I'm going to go up there and check it out. And it's just a shop. Okay. No biggie. But as soon as you come back down, since you're at the top of their arc, like it's real hard to avoid. So definitely is. you always want to remember if there's, if you see an eggplant wizard in a room, like you want to know what you're going to do before you get trigger that screen. Indeed. But I would say the eggplant wizard is the really only challenging part of this dungeon. Mm-hmm. So at every dungeon is very lightly a maze, and you have to find the way to the boss area. Mm-hmm. You go through that final door into the boss room, and in this first dungeon, you fight a... A Cerberus? Cerebus? Um, Cerebus. I'm pretty sure that's what they were going for. It's kind of hard to tell. <laughs> it is very hard to tell. But it's a really easy boss. It slowly jumps forward and... And shoots shoots and things at you. When I was fighting it, it looped around the screen somehow, even though there's a wall and like glitched, and I just could shoot at him with impunity. So, and for me, I got stuck in the middle set of blocks in the room, and I was able to just attack it from behind. Took no time at all to destroy. Yeah, it's and you have those uh, soldier guys with you blasting away, but they fly in a vertical kind of formation above you. So since this is a small dog, that's you know what it jumps a little. It's yeah, mostly, they never never hit it for yeah, me. Yeah, it's mostly on the ground, so they don't even help that much. So you destroy the Cerebus, and it leaves behind. Dun, 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 dun. What is that thing? The what is it? The the first one's the shield. Yes. 
the mirror shield. Well, they all look the same until the end. Oh yeah, I guess they're all in the box, so it doesn't so matter. Yeah. You get this like um, treasure chest, little thing. treasure chest that just begs for you to go over and touch it. Yeah, you want it. You're gonna open it. But if you do, you're just gonna go right through the sprite because it's <laughs> it's nothing for you to get. It's just showing you that it's happened. Yeah, it's a little disappointing, but oh. hey, it's an early game. You beat that level. And surprise, now you are side-scrolling. Yes, the best, my favorite level of the game, or favorite world, I should say. So you have gone up through the underworld, and now you are going across the open world. Yeah, yeah. and it's, uh, it's, uh, I mean, it's really a big relief because now you've got your, should be powered up with your life and your arrows at least once, and now you can finally use whichever of the sacred treasures you've got, magic items, magic treasures that you got, the... In my case, it was the the bow, but in my case, it was the crystals, uh, which, which it should be, but <laughs> makes it so much easier. In fact, I don't even know if this part was easier, but it felt a thousand times easier <laughs> once you've powered up, and then after that dungeon, you get all of your stuff back. Mm-hmm. Or in my case, I had one of the magical weapons, but I couldn't activate it, and it was going through the dungeon that got me a high enough level that gave okay, me the okay. third bar of health that then activated it. I see. So I felt like, you know, a man on a mission rolling across those planes. <laughs> there is a, a room in 2-1 where you can increase your arrow again. So you can usually get a third update there as well. Indeed, but if I memory serves me correctly, <laughs> you have to take the top of a branching path that's top and bottom yeah. to get to that room. Mm-hmm. If you take the bottom one, you will skip it and be very yeah, sad. You can't backtrack, so that, you know, you're, you're only going one way. So... One thing we should mention is that there is a great graphical change in these different worlds. Yeah, the underworld was all, you know, the background's black. You're, you know, it's all stones and stuff. And, you know, you get some cool pillars and bushes. But once you get to level two, now it's you're above, uh, you know, you're going sideways. you got blue skies. You know, you're outside. It, it's nice. And you have a whole new selection of enemies to fight. Kind of. <laughs> You have a whole new set of enemy skins yeah, to fight. Yeah, you're, you're fighting pretty much everything's already using some sort of a movement attack pattern that you've, you've dealt with before. And they're usually about the same strength. It's just a different sprite. Well, if on anything, the... they're weaker to you because, you know, you're, you're getting more powerful. Yes, enemies, indeed. Like you start, this is where you start to outpace the enemies, I think. And which, is a game, you know, it's so frustrating that they, if they would have just made, gave you a few more power-ups in the first level... It would, it would really even this game out. But. Yes. And for me personally, since I had the uh, magic crystals spinning around me, mm-hmm. these levels feature a lot of falling rocks. Yeah, yeah. The and Bachman. those pretty much are impossible to get hit by if you have that power up. You can just, yeah. <laughs> well, and that's important too, because if you really want to max out your strength and try to get the, you know, your arrow strength, there's another spot in 2-2 where you can get it, but it's at the very beginning of the level. I'm guessing those rocks give you points. Yeah, they give you a lot of uh, points towards it. So it's like, you know, there it's, it's a door very close to the beginning of the level and you don't have enough time to build up your score before huh. then. But it's like you can go a little past it and then if you can kill four waves of these rocks without moving too far so you can get back to the door... Then that's, you can get it. That's how you get it. I didn't do it. Now, the I rocks, didn't. just like any enemy, you only get so many waves of them before they dissipate. Yeah, so you want to, you really want to get them all if, if you're doing that. But And they do give you hearts as well, so that's a bonus for if you make it to a shop. Indeed. And there's another special enemy that you first encounter here called the Plutons. 
Oh, dude, are those <laughs> are those the things with the little the pack on their back? Yes, yeah, they look kind of like a little satyr. That's what I thought of them with a with a you know Santa Claus bag. I thought over of their shoulder. Yeah, I just thought of them as like a little robber. Those things are the worst. They are the most frustrating because they will steal any of your, uh, you know, your protective crystal, your super bow. Yeah, they will steal your magic item, your magic weapon. And then it's just gone. Like you, <laughs> it, it, It's such a pain in the butt to get and then to activate. And then you'll have it and you're so proud of yeah, this you, thing. You just got it. If one of those guys touches you for like a second, second and a half. You do have a little window. To you have put. a tiny window of wiggle room. Yeah, but it's it's pretty easy to lose them. Now, I did find that you can jump around them fairly easily. It gets tricky when there's two of them on the screen at the same That's time. That's why I always move slow as, you know, just try to get one on a screen at a time, kill it, and then move. You know, it's... Uh, yeah, there is no messing around when it comes to these horrible, horrible, horrible creatures. <laughs> you can... Or, or just avoid them. I mean, if they do steal your items, you can fight. You can actually buy them back in the black market. But they're pretty expensive. They're like seven, eight hundred hearts. So yeah. oh, you can. I don't know. I I just reset password. Like I was like, <laughs> no. If that happens, I'm starting this level I, over again. That, I actually only lost mine once because after that, I was so paranoid and careful. Same here. So it's you know, like I said, they're not that hard to avoid. But if you don't expect it, they will get you. Now, if you can make it past those annoying, annoying creatures, <laughs> all the way through the three levels of World Two, you will find yourself. At the second dungeon. Yes, the uh, in world or level two four. So and this is when the depowering really hurts. Yeah, they they step it up a bit here. And because man, you were really used to having that super weapon. <laughs> yeah. And now you don't. You've gotten lazy and weak. And you're now finding a little bit harder enemies in the dungeon, mm -hmm. and definitely more eggplant wizards. Mm, yes. Um, Hopefully you will have gotten at least one more arrow power up, so they might only be you know you might only need three hits to kill them now, or three shots from your arrows, so that helps a bit. But yes, it totally helps. But this is a level where there's a bit of distance to the uh, the hospital, so if you get hit, it's like it's such a backtrack. Like yeah, it can be quite an annoying uh, distance. This uh, dungeon also features the first bit of a twist or maze-like element <laughs> into it, where you can find yourself tricked up. Yeah, yeah, it's and I believe this is where you, the first time you see where you need a mallet or you can use a mallet to make a shortcut by removing the statues, you know, through from your path. So yeah, I really wish I had done that, but I did not. Well, and there aren't a lot of you, you can buy them for like twenty hearts in shops, but there's almost always something better you want. I'm way too cheap for that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I need those potions. <laughs> but uh, what I was mentioning was the fact that you find yourself in a natural loop. Through yes. the level. Yes. Unless you remember when you fall from a ladder <laughs> on one screen to bank hard left. Yeah, if you miss that fall, then you're you're just going to... You know. Create another 10-room loop. <laughs> but if you make it to that left that sets you on the chain to get to the boss of this dungeon... The dragon hue draw. Hue draw? Yes. It's wow. A, that is not a Greek. I don't know if that's a mistranslation of something. I, or... Sure he's not British? I... <laughs> Hugh? Draw? Uh, well, it's it's H-E-W-D-R-A-W. Bummer. So it's not not quite like Hugh Grant, but... In my mind, he will be Hugh Graw from this point on. <laughs> well, it's a, okay, it's a pretty cool uh, looking dragon, you know, a little boss that leaps out of these, you know, there's several uh, stone islands in uh, over a fiery 
floor that he's leaping out of. And it's it just, looks like this is going to be a very hard boss fight. Yeah, or or exciting, which it is not. It's a <laughs> it is a very slow and tedious boss fight. Yeah, I mean, I just fought him by standing and you know shooting as as he's coming down. You can pop him in the head once, and then as he's emerging, get him again. And then yeah, turn around. it's not hard. It's just you only get one hit at a time before he's out of range or he's in a position that you will yeah. hurt yourself. And yeah, if, if you start to get greedy or want to speed it up, that's where the difficulty can creep in. But it's like, it takes like 32 hits. So it's just like back and forth watching him like, like and the deadliest stuff is the fire that you can fall into. So you really just pretty much bounce back and forth between two or three of these uh, islands there. In the lava. Unfortunately, since he's leaping high, this would be a great time for the soldier angel men, but you probably barely have any because yeah. you're not getting a lot of mallets anymore. Like. I think I came into this boss fight with like six of those guys. Oh, okay. And yeah. they were wiped out yeah, real quick. He'll take them out fast, but it's like if you had enough, maybe. Eh. You know, even without a great deal of those little helper men, it took a while, but I beat this guy. No sweat. Yeah, he's not that not that bad at all. Once again, presented with that ma- magical, <laughs> magical chest that I can't actually get, and the level's over. World three is vertical again because you are now ascending from the ground level to what I'm guessing is Angel Land. Yeah, you, there's clouds as you're going up. You know, a lot of sky and stuff. So, and they really ratchet up the falling deaths in this this section yeah if you by now hopefully you have a bunch of uh um hearts to afford feathers or have stocked up on some in the past because they they can help a lot here definitely and then another thing that really uh threw me for a loop which you probably shouldn't have is that if you've been playing that side scrolling levels for quite a while you may have forgotten that in the vertical (laughs) spots you can loop back around yeah yeah. And I came to a couple parts where I was like, how in the world do I get over there? (laughs) And it was just as simple as walking to the right and coming off the screen from the left. Yeah, it's uh, you you have to do that a bit, but uh, it's not that. One thing that is kind of frustrating about the loop is that your arrows do not loop. No, they don't. So sometimes, like, you you have to time when you're, you know, space it out. So if there's some enemies on the other side, like, you're going to want to either run across and kill them or wait for them to cross and kill them. But on the plus side, the enemy's projectiles also do not pass through the sides of the screen. That's very true. So Kid Icarus is very fair in this way. And you can use that as a means of hiding from the Grim Reapers, which Mm -hmm. I don't think we've mentioned exactly what they do yet. Yeah, they're uh, just a, it's a skull-headed reaper. He's got a sickle, and uh, they just kind of march back and forth. And if you cross, uh, if you horizontally cross their quote-unquote field of vision, then they freak out and start running back and forth, possibly hitting you and summoning a little wave of four reaperettes that fly through the air. But the real key factor is that it plays this really weird music, discordant. It sounds like it's backwards, like. It, it just throws you off. That's the worst part. The worst part of encountering them is the fact that that music happens and it just messes with you. Man, I, I did have a couple instances, though, that made me feel really awesome where it was like I jumped down in front of this Reaper and as he turned, I was able to jump and then he turned around again. So I didn't trigger the. Oh, like, wow. I really wasn't that much on purpose, but I, I was able to just hop past one a couple times and I really pat myself on the back. Yeah, I did not try any of that amazing <laughs> trickery at all. Now, besides the added challenge of these vertical levels, there's not a lot new introduced through them. 
Yeah, you're you're just kind of. And I mean, by this point, you probably have all your treasures. Uh, you should be pretty beefed up. So it's it's you know just a matter of putting in the time. I I didn't spend a lot of time in level <laughs> three. No, the hard parts of these levels is there's a couple tricky jumps, but that's about it. Yeah, if you're just patient and you know take it slow, man, and have a feather, <laughs> you should be all right. At least one if you're if you're lucky. So at the top of the three levels here, we find the third and final dungeon. Yes. The, and this dungeon is a lot bigger than the other two. Yeah. Or at least it feels that way. Yeah, and it's got, like, is this where they really start laying the, the big spikes that are, you know, coming in and out? Like, those do a pretty decent amount of damage, so it's easy. Even though you might get cocky because you have so much life potentially by now. Like, they, they can take you down pretty quick, so. Uh, in addition to those spikes... The number of eggplant wizards has been ratcheted up. You will find them in many rooms, but always in sets of two. Are they always in sets of two, pretty much? I think they are. I think so. But this level has a lot of areas where their tossing of the eggplant is right into the door path. Or you're like those certain rooms that are kind of like a a plus sign, you know, where you can come in from the bottom and they're throwing them, you know, it's like you can't get to shoot them because they're above you and you have to hop through these uh, platforms and it's such a nightmare. There's one, yeah, I know exactly the one room. I really hate it. It's rough, but not impossible, especially if you've made it through the other two. Well, if you're just willing to stand there and and let them run into you, which is kind of what I did, where I'm just like, I'll just take the hits and we'll just trade punches until and this was the only dungeon that i saved zero of the little winged helper men mm, i think i got one or two but at this point i was like no i'm not even no no i bothering. didn't because this is another boss that i w- was like the, they would actually be helpful here and i had none so which this boss is uh very unique yeah this invisible bubble creature thing yeah, I don't really know what it is. I, I did not recognize it from any uh, Greek mythology, that's for certain. But <laughs> I do know that it is actually maybe the easiest of the bosses. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's. I mean, I guess it does a lot of damage if you get hit by those bubbles. Yeah, it has those, like, what, is there two of them that bounce around? They kind of glow, yeah. bubbles slash rings. and. But, I mean, it's so easy to avoid them. Like, they offer almost no challenge. And then you're shooting at the creature, waiting for it to become visible enough to get hit and you just shoot it and it you know it's but much like the other uh it takes a lot of hits like yeah the bosses in these dungeons are not hard they just have so much health it's insane yeah and i don't think your arrow strength applies to them like i'm pretty sure they just have a set number of hits oh why would it they take away everything else from you in these dungeons why not your arrow strength yikes so you destroy this guy you get your third and final treasure. And the three treasures are, once they've been opened... Yeah, yeah, you get the, the mirror shield. Mirror shield. the wing, right? Or is it a Some armor? sort Something that makes you fly more. The armored wing thing, and then a, a super bow, right? And a like super bow. Laser bow or whatever. <laughs> exactly. I didn't know, yeah. You equip the three super items you've been collecting through the game, and then you are treated... To a side-scrolling shooting level. Yeah, self-scrolling. Self-scrolling, yeah. Which this game has not prepared you for in any way, shape, or form. No. No, you, this is the first time you've uh, anything self-scrolling has happened. And Not only that, but the enemies you encounter here don't follow the patterns of any of the enemies you fought before. Yeah, you're getting sine waves now and, uh, you know, from the sirens, I believe. And 
they're just blasting away and you i mean while it's cool that you have this you know now you're flying but your maneuverability is not that hot and no no the play control is now awful <laughs> and you're uh you can't shoot your arrows that fast they shoot a beam out kind of that yeah, this whole ending stage just is so weird and tacked on that I well, just after having just played Kirby, who it's in a similar way, kind of you know at the at the end you are into a you know Gradius kind of style side scrolling shooter. There is a way That's, it can be done. Yeah, yeah, it's not a bad idea. It just wasn't you know I guess this is, was seven years before Kirby. So yeah, and they just didn't have the money or time to really pull this off. So therefore, this final level is harder than it should be. But it's definitely not hard. No, it's kind of tricky because it's it'll just keep looping until you kill, I think, 50 enemies. Which, yeah, I remember you told me that, but I didn't even notice because, you know, it's not that hard. Just keep shooting, keep shooting, and eventually the level ended. No, Well, I mean, I after a few tries, I was like, why, why does this, it just seems random when I get to, like, like, I recognize chunks of this level. And then I'm like, I thought it was about to end here. And I didn't know what the difference was. But it's like, because I just kept, I was like, screw it, I'm just going to avoid all the monsters and not uh, get hurt. But. Uh, it turns out you have to deal with them. Well, you uh, do defeat the 50 monsters or however many you need to. And then you discover the final boss of the game. Yes, Medusa herself. Herself, indeed. She looks just like you thought. <laughs> oh, wait, not at all. Well, it's yeah. anyways, it's just a big face that's lower, barely a face. It's a, a green wall with snake hair and a big eyeball and mouth. Yeah, it is the loosest interpretation of a Medusa you can imagine. Yeah, it's it's a weird. I mean, did she give you any trouble? Oh no, uh, because it's uh, the eyeball will shoot these kind of waves of energy out at you, and you know it can only arc up and down within a certain kind of angle. And while it, the mouth is also shooting dragons, serpent things at you, something that's but, evil. If you just park yourself just shy, just uh, high, uh, just above the the middle of the screen, then it'll it'll shoot forward. You know the waves will just go below you, and the dragons will come right in front of you, where you can just keep blasting away, killing them, and shooting her in the eye until she's dead. Yeah, first encounter took her down, <laughs> no problem. Then, uh, well, although you know, in the defense of the Medusa, then when the eye explodes, you see an actual Medusa sprite. Of the chick there, so that's I, true. I do think that was a good-looking sprite. I wish I could have fought it instead. But. You know, I wish you could have too. Once you have beaten the Medusa, you get a story with animation. Mm -hmm. You get full credits. Now, granted, it's not the real names because this was at a time when every game company in Japan was afraid of getting poached, <laughs> so they would force their uh, creators to use fake names, pseudonyms, indeed. But then you get your final scene, which is one of those things that I always love in a game. You get that last shot. You get a sure, tiny sure. bit of animation. For me, I got a uh, young teenage pit yeah, yeah. getting kissed by a princess of some sort. Oh, so you got the good one. Okay. Was that like on the, like I didn't, I got the little boy with the helmet. Uh, version of Pip, you know what I mean? Like, in, depending on fulfilling certain requirements, you will get like a, either you know just a normal Pip, Pip with a helmet. I think then there's like the grown-up-ish Pip that you are kind of at the in the last level, and then I think the final one is you get the the kiss and Palutina leans over. So and well, I'm I'm just that good. I guess <laughs> actually I'm not that good. I just really really slowly went through so many of those levels making sure i would get every gosh darn enemy once yeah. you told me about the leveling system i figured i had to level 
Right, right. Therefore, I guess that gave me the best ending. Mm-hmm. You get your kiss, you get your pat on the head, whatever it is, <laughs> you get a different ending, which is awesome. I'm always a fan of multiple endings in a game. Sure, it, it lends for some replay value as well. And in addition to that, for replay value, once you beat the game, you start at the beginning again. Mm-hmm. But with all of the power-ups and weapons you had earned through the first playthrough. Right, so if you're looking for a better ending, then this is the time. You can just, you know, blast through the game, maybe get a password, and then, you know, come back through. Because if you go through it twice, it, you're almost guaranteed to get all the stuff you need. In fact, I'm thinking that the, the reason I'm remembering that ending is because that's from my second playthrough. Ah, okay. Oh, like... Makes a lot more sense, because I did not have the... the <laughs> the fourth level of power by the time I got to the end of the first time. Gotcha. But I really wanted to go through those first two levels without hating them. (laughs) Now that brings us to the review section of this podcast. We review on the classic Nintendo Power Scale across five categories and a one to five star rating system. Starting with graphics and sound. I gave this game a 3.5 because I felt the graphics, while awesome, weren't as defined as I would like them to have been. I only gave it a 2.5. I thought it was like some graphics are okay, but some of them I'm just like, what? I don't even know what that is. Certain characters really stand out. Pit himself looks great. Yeah, yeah. Eggplant wizard. Awesome. And, you know, the sprites at the end, like the final Medusa, Palutina. I really like that stuff, but it's barely in the game. Yeah, even the Grim Reapers. They're pretty cool looking. Mm -hmm. But then some of the smaller enemies, who knows what they are. They're something that was just entirely made up to fit in the constraints of what a sprite could be for this game. Yeah, and uh, I mean, there's a good variety of... uh bricks and stones backgrounds you know so i mean the levels all look pretty yeah dissimilar enough i guess to give you a feel of progression but uh, i just between levels there's not enough difference to make you ever know you're at oh i'm at two or three no it's all the same it's pretty yeah so that's why i I felt like it's just in the middle personally um the sound i really liked the sound effects and i really love the music it's just that it's very repetitive there's not a lot there correct it's got Good stuff, just, you know, not Not. a lot of variety. (laughs) Indeed. Now, Nick, what did you give this for play control? I gave this a two for play control because I had some difficulties with my jumping, my landing, and accidentally pointing up. Like, I don't know if it's me or it's just more sensitive. With You know what I mean? I gave it a 2.5, and... um, And one of the things we didn't mention at all uh, before is that if you press down on certain platforms. Mm, Yeah, yeah, we didn't because there are certain platforms you can jump up through or pass down through. Yeah, normally you press down, (laughs) you will fall through that platform even if there is nothing below you. Yeah, and a lot of other games have similar mechanics, but it's usually pressing down and jump lets you drop. But in this one, you just press down so you can get which... I don't even, there's very few situations that require ducking anyways. I kind of wish you couldn't even do it, but. So, yeah, um, play control, it does some things really well. It is uh, one of the first games that has a a pretty good jump in it. Yeah, and you can shoot upwards, which is nice, but. Yes. I, you know, the downside is that the twitchy, I don't know. (laughs) The downside is that you will fall through way too many things you did not mean to. It's not, they're not horrible controls, but they do take a little getting used to. Our next category is challenge, Nick. (laughs) 
Well, I think I'm going to go with five uh, right off the bat because the the first three levels are in it alone. <laughs> yeah, I also gave it a five and then jokingly put uh, then a four, then a three. <laughs> but like you said, right out of the gate, this game is brutal. Yeah, it, I, and there's so many ways they could have, you know, if they gave you a little more life or you're a little strong, maybe put a couple healing, uh, you know, fountains in the... In it's the, like if the, you went to the obstacle course... Uh, and the very first thing was the wall. It's like, you don't get to work up to the wall. Nope, you got to climb that wall. And then afterwards, you can crawl under some stuff. Finally, that brings us to theme and fun. I'll give this game a 2.5. Right in the middle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought, I like the theme. I like the way that you're, you know, we touched on earlier, moving up out of the underworld, then across, then up. And, you know, there's a lot of neat ideas there. But... The, you know, the first level, you know, the the difficulty just gets in the way of any actual, you know. Fun? Yeah. 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 I'm right there with you. I also gave it a 2.5. This is one of those games that fits into the category of I want to like it more. Yeah. But I just can't because, yeah, those first two levels, so brutal. So, so brutal. I think that if it would have gotten, you know, a sequel on the NES, you know, it's, I feel like they never really developed what they now, started here. It did get a sequel on the Game Boy, which I have never played. So maybe we should check that out. And it's it solves those problems for us. Yeah, I, I, I would be interested in that because I also have not played it. But no matter what, that doesn't change my score from a 2.5. <laughs> well, Nick, we find ourselves at the final question of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Should you play this game? Well, I really want to say yes, but I think most people shouldn't. Uh, it's probably the difficulty is too front heavy. And uh, I mean, I will tell you, if you're interested at all, you should give it a try and power through. But most people, nah. I actually gave it a yes. Oh, okay. I think you should play it, but not with the expectation of beating it. <laughs> it's something that you should try out. It's one of the original NES games, mm -hmm. part of that first wave of uh, platformers. And it has uh, a lot of things that were taken and used in other games made by Nintendo as time went on. True, true. But if you think you're going to beat this the first time you sit down, <laughs> well, more power to you. Yeah. Next week's game will be Castlevania 2. So grab a copy, find your controller, play this game any way you can. And remember, folks, if there's anything big we missed or things we got wrong, kindly let us know at cartridgecommand at gmail.com, and we might address it in the future. Thank you so much for listening. Please check us out on Twitter at cartcommand. You can follow us on Facebook at cartridgecommand. Subscribe to the show on iTunes or Stitcher or any of your favorite podcast apps. Feel free to give to us on Patreon. Your support makes this show possible. And... As always, Cartridge Commandos, Game On! Are they dungeons? What the hell are these things? I keep... I just always called them dungeons. I'm okay. not sure. That's what, yeah...